What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Matthew Anthony Hawkins here with another Around Town in Chilliwack podcast. I hope you uh, head over to aroundchilliwack.ca. Check us out. It's a whole new re-release of the Around Town in Chilliwack website. whole bunch of stuff on there that we've got coming out. What to do in town, where to eat, where to shop, you name it. All sorts of good stuff. So be sure to head over there, aroundchilliwack.ca, and uh, find out what we're up to. And part of that whole re-release of our website is the start of series number three of Around Town in Chilliwack. And leading us off is none other than funny guy, comedian, all-around good guy, Mr. Cliff Prang. And we'll let him uh, take off from here. So, without further ado, Mr. Cliff Prang. Well, thanks for tuning in, joining us on Around Town in Chilliwack. Oh, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Are we around town in Chilliwack right now? Somewhere. Yeah. We're somewhere around We're town. We're around town. I drove by a hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So first off, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Clifford Prang. Clifford Prang. Yeah, like sure. Like the big red dog? Like, exactly like that. That was how I was taunted my entire growing up. Really? And I'd, I moved around a bit when I was a kid. My mom sold real estate, so she liked to move around, um, try a new house. And so I'd go to a new school and be, hi, my name is Clifford. But please don't call me Clifford the Big Red Dog, because I really don't like that. And and for some reason, kids just couldn't help themselves. Well, you just like set them up. I did, because yeah. I wasn't smart. I'm okay. still not smart, but I know <laughs> enough now to not do that. Well, speaking about not smart, um, and you went to the hospital today. <laughs> <laughs> I started my day in the hospital. Uh, nothing too dire, but I was doing some filming on Tuesday in uh, in the United States of America, and I got introduced to what's called the Lord's Candle. It is a desert bush <laughs> shrub that uh, all its uh, all its foliage comes to a very sharp point. And I got into it. I just got into this thing, and uh, I ran by one, and it smacked me in the leg. I was running away from an imaginary monster. Okay. And uh, just as kicked, everyone does. Yeah, I just kicked it on the way by, and I'm like, ow. <laughs> so once uh, once uh, um, they called cut, I uh, rolled up my pant leg, and it was uh, significantly bloody. <laughs> oh. So uh, yeah, so I and then I fell on one later <laughs> in the shoot. We were just having a fun time out there, and then uh, that night we went to the pharmacy to get some supplies to try and pull some of these thorns out of my leg, and I couldn't get a couple of them. So uh, yeah, I let it go. I'm home now in Canada where healthcare is free. Yeah, a little cheaper than a down little there. cheaper. And uh, I couldn't sleep last night because of the swelling and pain. So I figured, ah, let's go get this thing. Let's go get it. And he got it. He just cut me uh, open. He just like sliced. So how me open. many like slivers oh, did this, you have? In I had I had a, a decent sized thorn in my shin, and yeah. then I had two like just shrapnel. Yeah. Yeah. So nothing too significant, but enough to get infected and sore yeah. and and whatever else. Ugh. It's, it's pretty awesome. I have a video. I'm, I'm contemplating. So yeah, I, what were you filming down there? Uh, we were just honestly. Um, my buddies run a small film company in Abbotsford, uh, Cassiar Film Co., and uh, they got notified of cheap flights to LA. And then uh, they're like, "Hey, let's go down there and make something." And we need a muse. So they called me and said, "Cliff, we've talked to your wife. You're going to LA." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they just bought me a ticket, and we went down. And like, I'm not legal to work in the states, so I did, I did not work. I we were yeah, just you're we just, just going down time. for a fun yeah. time. Yeah, we're just being creative and yeah. messing around. So we wrote a story on the fly, and then. A couple of young guys on the crew, so they're getting practice doing different shots, and they're all going to edit it. Every one of them is going to edit it, and then see kind of which one is the best. Oh, so of, is it like a little competition little, between them? Little in-house competition. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, so that's hit awesome. me, hit me with your best shot. <laughs> yeah. So. so what 
what do you do? Like you said, you don't, you're not legal to work down in the States. No, but I'm, uh, that's what I do. I'm an actor. I'm an actor and a comedian. Uh, do a lot of hosting of events. I'm an MC. Uh, do some auctioneering for nonprofits. Uh, I'm not a standard auctioneer. I don't talk fast, but I use my improv skills to work the crowd and work their wallets. And, and uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been effective. And I'm actually able to make a living as an entertainer in Canada, which is, uh, which is rare. It's difficult to do. Yeah. Um, but the key is to just diversify and change your ideals. And a lot of, a lot of, got a lot of friends work in the clubs and circuits and, and I do a little bit of that. Um, but you can't make a living, uh, and, and also feel whole. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm i I'm a father, I'm a husband, I live in Chilliwack, got three kids. And so, uh, a standard entertainer's life isn't an an option, nor is it an ideal. Right. Um, so to be able to make people laugh and inspire them um, through the different the different forms that I've got uh, offerings, my menu uh, is awesome. I do yeah, I do a bit of speaking too. So it's a uh, yeah, it's cool. It's like uh, it's a yeah, full menu. You um, say speaking, yeah. yeah. You got Ted coming up. Ted yeah, I, there was a little little audition that happened a while ago and uh, got selected. So in April, I'll be doing my first ever TED Talk. Yeah. I got to do the TED Chilliwack last year as, a, as an entertainment break. So I did a stand-up set, a family-friendly stand-up set. Uh, but this time, I actually get to do a talk. And so we'll be talking about rejection and how you overcome rejection. And so... Um, which as an entertainer, I'm sure you've had your fair share of, yeah, uh, you just, you know, you audition for something, you just don't get called back or you, you know, you fire a joke out there in the air for everyone to enjoy and they don't always enjoy it. Uh, which I find it so hard to believe. I'm so <laughs> funny. Um, but, uh, no, you, you have to learn how to deal with that. But I remember I was at a networking meeting and, uh, and talking about this, oh yeah, you get a lot of rejection and it's hard and people, you know, you don't book the gig or whatever. And the one lady's like, oh, do you get more rejected than me? I sell cars. I'm like, no, okay, you probably get rejected more than me. And this other lady says, I'm a telemarketer. I'm like, okay, you win. You win. So we all experience it, right? Like, yeah. you know, whether it's whether it's work or whether it's relationships or, you know, we all have insecurities. And so uh, it's, a, it's a theme that we all deal with. And so uh, mine is kind of in my face. Um, uh, and also because the, uh, the understanding of entertainers that were very high need validation kind of people. Um, so, uh, realizing that validation is not something to pursue. Hmm. Yeah. So you just gave away your TEDx talk right there. Uh, you got a little, little bit more. I've there? got more scripted jokes in my talk. <laughs> <laughs> that was very boring when I just did. Yeah. I thought it was good. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, that's what I see. I just, I, I laid it out there so you would validate me yeah. because I'm so desperate. <laughs> that's the thing though. Everybody's seeking some form of validation. No, absolutely. Yeah. All the time. But yeah. And some people find it in beer. Oh yeah! Oh, 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 that's a great transition there, Matthew. <laughs> Thanks. I worked on that one all morning. Yeah, um, we're it's be... not morning, by the way. It's afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's noon. For those of you who are listening, <laughs> we we the reason I said morning, we originally had planned eleven a.m. Yeah, and uh, we yeah. we decided that since Corky's opens at well, I said since Corky's pub opens up at eleven, I let pubs make my. For sure. Decisions. And the stabbings don't happen there usually until after after (laughs) two. So you've done some stand-up there. But um, hold on to that. Uh, We're going to drink Four Winds Juxtapose Wild IPA. I like Four Winds. Yes, they're quite good. They're lovely. I haven't had this one specifically, though. No? Juxtapose. Juxtapose. So what are we juxtaposing? What two different ideas are we slapping on top of each other? Are we going back into history and bringing an idea of the past and putting it here into the present? Kind of like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Uh, party on. 
Um, Wayne, no, that's a different one. What's that? That what was that one? What was theirs? Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Oh, put me in the Iron Maiden. Excellent. Do yeah. you remember that? It's like put them in the Iron Maiden. What? Iron oh yeah, Maiden. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, oh yeah, it was put them in the Iron Maiden. They're like, excellent. Execute them, bogus. <laughs> now I remember. What was um? Oh, what? There's a stand-up comedian in that. Cheers, by the way. Mm. I took my sip before the cheers, so I'm. George a... Carlin. He was in that. Oh, was he really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Was he one of the historical figures? No, he was Rufus. Oh, shut up. Yeah. He was the guy that basically oh my goodness. got them to hop in the phone booth. Yeah. I never even, because I saw it when I was a child. Yeah. I, yeah. So juxt- to juxtapose something, you've been at Corky's at a very different time than I usually go to Corky's. <laughs> yeah, I you, go- go, you go at 11 and I go at nighttime. Yeah. I've never seen any stabbings or the uh, worst I've seen is just a guy that's way too drunk at 1130 in the morning. Get okay. Kicked out, so. Right. We, I thought this was like a mirror situation where you're like, oh, this guy's really drunk. Oh, hey, it's me. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, but no, I, I remember my first uh, time ever headlining a bar was at Corky's and uh, there was a birthday party there and they were all uh, inebriated as they as they say. And they didn't want to listen. They weren't there to listen to comedy. They were there to celebrate the party because it's yeah. just a regular drinking night. And it's like, it's not my fault they're doing comedy. We're just having a party. But then there was also people who were there to watch comedy who were also drunk. So you had drunk people who didn't want to watch comedy and drunk people who really want to watch comedy. And so there was a conflict. And conflicts, when you're inebriated, usually end in like shoving and swearing loud. And uh, that's what happened about midway through the show, which was awesome because I'm like, I'm... Like, I'm a clean comedian, uh, and I'm a former pastor, and this was early, and I didn't have a lot of breadth of material. Uh, It was mostly just some, like, my happy family, you know, some of my pastoral history, um, which I think, yeah, anyway. So I was, like, really stressed out because these people, uh, I don't know if I can handle these people. And so this fight broke out, and I'm sitting on the side being like, I'm going to get up there and tell church jokes. (laughs) This is never going to work. But I got up there and uh, I'm like, hey, guys, uh, remember earlier when there was that fight in the thing? That never happens at church. (laughs) And it worked really well. (laughs) And I said, well, actually, sometimes it does. You know, it's usually over curtain colors or carpet and then usually ends with, yeah, you know, usually ends with the fight. Now it usually ends with fisticuffs and... (laughs) And it went really well because most people in Chilliwack have some kind of church, some sort of church, church history, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was good times. Uh, and you mentioned earlier about improving when you're doing sort of your auctioneering and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You have a bit of improv background. Oh yeah, that's probably the that's that's my biggest kind of uh, that's that was my foundation. So in high school, I did improv, and then I toured with a group called the Pana Squad for seven years all across North America, and then. Um, yeah, I'm a Vancouver theater sports alum, and uh, now I do a bit of improv here and there with my brother-in-law. Uh, we are known as Funny Brothers Improv. We're for hire, uh, cliffprang.com. And uh, yeah, I love it. I love improv, um, but the new form for me that I love probably the most is is the stand-up because you're there by yourself. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, everyone's there expecting to be, you know, when when, when you do improv, you're going to fail. The audience knows you're going to fail. Like, how do they make this stuff yeah, up? Yeah, they want to see you fail. They want to see you fail. And you want to fail, you yeah. know, uh, because it's like, it's great. And then so when something actually does work, which it does a lot, um, it's people are like, it's mind blown, right? Everyone's right. having a good time. It's this great energy. But in it, but in stand-up, it's more like sport. It's like, here I've gone, I've prepared, 
I've gone, I've trained, I've worked out these jokes, and then yeah. you get up there, and now it's like, are you going to be able to deliver? Yeah. And then, but then you still also have to be in the moment because there's variables. You have drunk people fighting, or you have, you know, or it's a corporate setting, and you have a lot of restrictions on you. So, you know, whatever it is, the setting's always different, and there's a different expectation, and there's a different group of people, but yet the material, for the most part, is the same. How do you connect with this new group of people? And that is the uh, exciting support of it. Yeah. I was talking with my hands. People at home can't see yeah. that. And I just hit a spring. So if you're wondering, what was that? You're just really excited. Yeah, no. <laughs> we have the rock, The next guest is a rock star. He's just t- tuning it up. Yeah, just right around the corner. From Chilliwack. In Chilliwack. Chilliwack. Chilliwack is up next. Yes. Around Chilliwack. Are they still around? I don't, I don't know if they're around Chilliwack or if Chilliwack is still around. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to find out. I, um, yeah. Speaking of stand-up, yes. who's your favorite? Who's your go-to? Oh, man. I, Mike, I probably Mike Birbiglia is my favorite. Yeah? He's kind of a storyteller, self-deprecating, just always brings it around. He's just very funny. He's very uh, personable. Uh, and I, th- I, I think, you know, that's kind of the, that kind of approachable self-deprecating storytelling that's, that's, I resonate with that. And that's probably, you see a little bit of that in my style also. And I love Ellen. She's positive. I like to be positive. Yeah. Um, well, you have a, a rule that you establish for yourself, right? For yeah. That. Yeah. Well, and that is inclusivity. Uh, mm-hmm. Inclusivity is a big part of I want I want as many people to be on board as possible and celebration. Like oh, I'm there. Uh, I'm there for them. So the audience uh, does not exist to validate me. I exist to entertain them. So right. and then the way that I one of the ways I've done that is by removing the F word yeah. uh, from from my act. You know, yeah. it's not that I don't love the F word. I really do. It doesn't offend me. Uh, it's great in traffic uh, when you're alone <laughs> yeah. uh, at, at high volumes, even. Um, but uh, but essentially, I want people. I don't have people to have barriers to be able to enjoy right. comedy because right. the, I, again, if my my job is to entertain them, then I've I feel like I've failed if I've excluded and pushed people out or or uh, divided them. Uh, right. With so, what drew you to wanting to do that? Uh, just just again having as many people on board as possible. You know, just just the idea that I want to use uh, the abilities that I have uh, to make people's lives around me better. Yeah. And so and not saying that people who use the F word are not as talented or don't care about their audience. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that this is what I've chosen to do. And, I, it, and it seems to work well. And, and, and people are, are connecting with that. Uh, I got to hang out with uh, Brent Butt one evening. Very, very funny. The same sort of guy. He yeah. Uh, yeah. He. He had, he doesn't have anything against the F word, but when he comes to his standout, he wants to include as many people as possible. Yeah, well, and it and it, it shows because um, he's working. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's a that's the thing. You, uh, you you see the top comedians out there. You got your Jim Gaffigan, your Mike Birbiglia's, and and uh, and they're working. Seinfeld, you know, they're clean comedians. Ellen, you know, they're yeah. clean comedians, and they're they're crushing. Not saying you, you still got your uh, Louis C.K. maybe a bad example right now, <laughs> uh, but like you know Bill Burr, and like I like I like all these guys as comedy. Yeah. You know, for the most part, like I, they're they're geniuses. They're all geniuses, and they have ability to you know to really point into you know society and make their comments and everything else like that. And they're yeah. funny, um, but again, they're they have a limited audience. They have yeah. a huge audience because they're at the top of their game, but not everyone can get there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, did you uh, did you go see Seinfeld when he stopped in Abbotsford recently? I saw him in Vancouver like two, three years ago. Okay, I, I was actually I had a gig on the same night that he was working. So, okay, yeah, I was entertaining Remax at their Christmas party. Oh, just exciting. just not even more than you know, fifteen minutes away. Yeah, both Jerry and I were working the same night. Yeah, 
Ah, uh, yeah. Both pulling in the He audiences. called me and said, Cliff, you want to go for a beer afterwards? But I'm like, ah, I'm pretty tired after that very, <laughs> very draining uh, performance for the Remax crowd. Oh, I bet. Yeah, no. He uh, he always looks me up when he's in town because we're pretty tight, <laughs> you know, industry people. <laughs> you guys all share the same phone book, right? Yeah. 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 yeah um, I don't he, know. <laughs> he was saying something about uh, Bill Cosby, which I was, because Cosby's gone through all of his stuff. <laughs> what? I don't know what you're talking about. And But he was saying if you can separate the man from the comedian, mm-hmm. uh, that he's the greatest. Oh, the, the material still holds up. Like, even even the show. Like, it's it obviously, uh, he made some really terrible choices. Offstage and choices. Horrible. And, and you don't want to support... Uh, you, you you don't want to purchase anything that's gonna fuel, <laughs> that's gonna get him bail money. If it was, I hear he's gonna tour again and won't go to that show. Like I don't think I can go to that show. I, I don't understand that. Like how? I don't know. I, I it's whatever. It's gonna he's gonna crush. He's gonna sell out stadiums. I know he will because yeah. of the controversy. Like people love drama. Just want to be there. They want to be there. But they you want, know he's not gonna say anything. About oh, it. I don't know. I don't know. But who knows? Maybe he's so old he might not care anymore. He might not care anymore. He might be totally delusional. Who knows? I don't know. Like maybe he's just maybe it's all gonna be just like retelling pudding pop stories. I have no idea. (laughs) But what I do know is that uh, his material stands. Like his his uh, the stuff I grew up on himself. Like that special himself. That was the first comedy I ever listened to with my dad in the living room of our apartment. And I remember snot and drool. On, like laughing on so record hard. that you listen to it. <laughs> no, seriously. Hey man, that's the first time I listened to it. VHS, VHS. Okay. We, wa- we watched it. You watched it. Okay. It was yeah. hilarious. The his dentist like doing the doing the obkaby and like the mouth flopping around and yeah. just the on the novocaine. I I don't think. Oh man, I'm talking about sedatives and Bill Cosby. Ah, cheapers. Um, <laughs> but no, the funniest stuff ever. And just having that shared moment. And that's what it is. about the shared moment. Me and my dad together laughing. Yeah. And to be able to create an experience for an audience where they can be together and just totally letting go. Yeah. Expressing themselves with their emotions. It's a that's a special thing. And to be able to facilitate that as an entertainer, that's a that's a genius feeling. It's a wonderful feeling. Yeah, it's a it's a tougher challenge. Like we started watching Simpsons with our kids. Okay. Cuz I I love when I was 10 years old Simpsons came out and I was in love with it. It was mm-hmm. amazing. Like it just blew my mind. Uh, my parents hated that I watched it when I was 10. They wouldn't even let me watch it. Oh, yeah, it. for sure. Um, and then now that I'm older, I'm like, my kids are going to watch it. <laughs> they better watch it. <laughs> but you watch back and I'm like, okay, now maybe I can see why my parents like, <laughs> might have had a few issues. I uh, So we'll skip a few episodes. My, but... my kids have not watched Simpsons yet. Nope. They have a couple like graphic novels that have been come come across. But we've, you know, I've said, okay, let's ease up on this. Just because it's an adult. it was made for adults. It was oh, a show yeah. that was made for adults. And I'm, I'm like, my kids are, my kids are catching up. Like, I get it. Yeah. Um, they're, they know the words. They know what's going on. We watch Back to the Future over Christmas. And it's like, oh, I didn't realize there was. Yeah, when you have kids. There's a lot of swears in there. There's yeah. a lot of swear words in that. Exactly. I never realized that yeah. until I watched it with my kids again. Yeah. And like, then we had to explain stuff. Because, like, there's a whole scene where Biff, uh, Biff is coming on to, you know, Marty's mom. Like, obviously, they're the same age at the time. But he's got to rescue Marty, his own mother from. Getting raped. Yeah, getting raped. Yeah. Like, you know, and so I'm like, I'm having to, you know, we're having to talk to this. We're having the consensual talk with our kids about what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. What yeah. someone says no, you know, it's like your body's my body. Like your body is not my body. My body is not your body. That whole thing. Yeah. Thank you, Back Michael J. Future. Fox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Biff Tannen is uh, is really good for teaching life lessons to your Especially children. Especially Back to the Future too. 
Because oh. he's in the hot tub with the two ladies, and then oh, his my wife goodness. is like in the room over. And... Yeah, no, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty uh, pretty intense themes to uh, wade through with your children. But it's a classic. And time untamped time travel. Yeah, like what you don't want to dis- disrupt the continuum, guys. <laughs> well, your mom might come on to you if you go back in the future or go back into the past. Yeah, well, because he, you know, uh, ultimately your child looks like your father, and I'm attracted to your father in the future, so. It's getting weird, Matt. <laughs> it's really weird. One of the things, though, that I love with Robert Zemeckis about Back to the Future, uh, he wanted to do a time travel movie. Mm-hmm. And he was saying how uh, if you build a time machine, other other shows will have it where you just kind of go wherever yeah. back in time. Um, like you'll actually physically land in a different place. Right. And his thing was, no, like... You got to land exactly where you Yeah, we went back from. in time in this, this place that used to be a field... And when we go back into the past, you know, it will be a field. Yeah. And so Twin Tree or Twin Pines Mall becomes a Lone yeah, Pine Mall or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was good. He was his his artist, his integrity, his time travel integrity. Yeah. Yeah. It's a scientific approach it's to time travel. Exemplary. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I want for my kids, too. If they're going to if they're going to travel back in time, like at least make it realistic. <laughs> Wouldn't it be fun, though, to remake? I think it like to have like. Bare bones effects for Back to the Future. I think it'd be a great challenge to make that video. Um, Jack Black was it Jack Black that had that movie? Which one? Where they like had their own effects that they would make with like cardboard, and they'd make like their own VHS movies. And they had like you can rent all these classics that were no, all remakes. No, I haven't. I, it was I, like I, an indie flick. That sounds great. Yeah, it was good. You got to share that link because I got to uh, remember what movie uh, it is first. That would be great. Yeah. And if anyone at home, just call in right now. Just call in the number on your screen. I don't know, think there's a number on the screen, is there? No, there's no screen. Oh, there you it's go. It's all audio. Oh, this is Same audio? with like when you're moving your hands around. Why did I comb my hair? This was foolish. And you dressed up way too fancy for me. I am wearing a tuxedo. <laughs> uh, what, what drew you into comedy? What was the draw? Oh, man. It was, it was that idea of making people laugh. You see, my first experience with comedy was with improv. It was in the basement of my high school. And uh, I was a kid who ate his lunch in the basement of his high school. There was four of us hiding from the cafeteria. Cafeteria yeah. was a terrifying place. I hated the cafeteria. Yeah, because where are you going to sit? Like, you know, you have to be in already. I wasn't in. I didn't have an. In- I didn't have a group. Um, and then to get to the cafeteria, you either have to walk through the grade 11 locker bay, which was terrifying because that's where all the couples made out. Or who knows? It felt like everyone was stabbing each other because, like the the boys had leather jackets, and I think that's what they must have been doing. They were kissing their girlfriends and stabbing other people. Um, And then the rads. It was called the rads area because there was heat heaters, radiators for the kids uh, listening. Um, That's where all the jocks hung out, and they would throw stuff at the grade nines or the grade tens or whatever. The you know the weak looking children, and I was one of the. I looked weak, not anymore, obviously. Like I'm huge and ripped and stuff like that. Sorry, I just flexed and my bow tie (laughs) flew off my neck uh, in that moment. Um, But uh, yeah, so it's just like, where's the safe place to eat? Uh, Was the basement. Turns out the weight room was also in the basement. So the jocks would walk by the locker. And so, but the abuse that you take just in that short passing, because they had to go work out, was much less than walking through the rats. The other place that was in the basement was the drama room. And so when there was a call one day for, um, for improv, you know, I went because it was like 10 steps away. I went to the drama room. I was like, oh, what's going on here? A bunch of weird kids making stuff up and I could do it. 
Yeah. I, where I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't on a sports team. I got cut from the volleyball team because I was small and uncoordinated. I got cut for the football team because it was dangerous for me. I could catch and, and run decent, but I was too small. It was dangerous for me. Um, I, uh, I quit choir because my voice broke. So I didn't have choir. I quit band because the tenor sax player would kick my chair. So I had nothing. And so when improv came up, then I went there and I, and I realized, oh, I could do this. And then there was a team. I tried out for the improv team and I made it theater sports. So suddenly I was a jock. Yeah. I was a theater jock. And then we competed against teams from all across the country and we did well. We were one of the top uh, teams in our country. Uh, and there was like a televised final by the time I'd made it to like my final year of high school. And I went from being scared and afraid to knowing who I was and, and having a rapport in my school and confident and people were, you know, coming to our shows and, and making people laugh. I'm like, oh, this is something I contribute. And in my home too, like that's what I did at home. Like my parents were, um, you know, discord and then divorced. And, and uh, that was my role in the home. Like when there was tension, it was me doing a stupid dance or telling a joke or removing my outerwear. Like, I don't know. That was the thing we did. We did <laughs> yeah. a lot of mooning happen in my house just for, for fun. Uh, yeah. Press tams on the on the front window is uh, not uncommon in my house. Oh, right. Um, sorry, guys. <laughs> But that's what we did to, to make each other laugh. And it's, yep, that's, uh, I need therapy, I think. I think that's what I need. <laughs> that's what um, and, and, and more beer. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, essentially it's, it's what I did for, as a self-defense, but it also then turned into something I realized I can make a difference for people, um, bringing, bringing joy and bringing uh, happiness, laughter. Uh, yeah. yeah, so when I go to a show now and i'm i'm on the stage got the microphone and i realized that the people that are sitting in front of me you know i i was a kid of divorce there's people that are dealing with divorce there's people there who got yelled at their boss today there's people there who have major responsibilities you know maybe people are just you know there to have a fun birthday who knows yeah but it's my job to 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 bring some joy to them and it's it's my honor it's my privilege to do that that's awesome so what drew you to chilliwack uh love Love. Yeah. Yeah. When I met my wife, uh, I went to Briarcrest uh, Bible College in Saskatchewan. And that's where I met my wife. And she was from Yarrow. And uh, we moved out west and lived in Richmond and Vancouver. And then we slowly made our way to east. Um, and it was just like, it was just timing and proximity to family and community. And, and uh, we found ourselves living. We now live in her grandpa's old house. So the house that her grandpa built in the 60s is where we live. Wow. And we're just down the road from Grammy and Grandpa, and the kids have their grandparents close, and we're on a half acre with low overhead because we're renting from mom and dad. And uh, we've tried to buy it from them, but they're, no, we want to hold this over your head for a while longer. So, <laughs> um, But uh, no, it's awesome. We love it. Yeah, Chilliwack, awesome. is, Chilliwack is great. And Yarrow, too, you guys. If you just come drive down Vetter Road, yep. don't worry about avalanches. You'll, you'll escape them most of the time. Most of them. Yeah, uh, and there's or a new, slides. There's a new bridge. There's a yes. new bridge, and that's fun. Yeah, the roundabout. You guys, there's a new roundabout. It's a rush. Come over there. Just, we got a new coffee shop. We got a little deli. The perfect deli. The perfect deli. It's with yeah. a K because it is. Dutch people. Yeah. Where's your Where's your favorite place to uh, grab lunch in Yarrow? Oh, in Yarrow. Well, uh, I like going to Rivers. Yeah. I like going to the perfect deli because they make a good farmer sausage, like egg sandwich. And then they got wraps over there at the uh, Chestnut Springs. 
Yeah. So I think those are the main places. What about uh, Taco Time at the gas station? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it just sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. Right yeah away. You just get you just get blackberries on Stewart Street too. You can do that. Yeah. Uh, we we'll, we'll get uh, pizza and oh, what are those uh, Indian wraps? Samosas. The samosas at the corner. Oh on the no. The three way stop. You know where you got to go is Dance and Pizza. Yeah, it's a new pizza place, and they do a butter chicken pizza. They do a tandoori chicken pizza. They're so lovely there. The yeah. dance and pizza. I almost forgot. I don't know how I almost forgot, but thank you. Well, and, we were talking they, about lunch, and that yeah. sounds more like dinner. Yeah, no, but they do samosas there, too. They do regular yeah. samosas, but they also do a butter chicken samosa, which is the, you get your buttery pastry wrap, but it's like, it's the butter chicken on the inside. Wow. Sorry, I'm going to get lost in thought here. In a yeah, <laughs> I'm starting to wonder where that is on in Euro. Oh, it's right. It's right next to MCC. Okay. Yeah, yeah. there's a thrift store there, too. Oh, we've been my, to the thrift store. Yeah, my wife volunteers there. You know? I found a, a Ninja Turtle at that thrift store. My goodness. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was great. Yeah, it was It was a good day. <laughs> you you will probably end up, you know, if you if you play your cards right, you might end up wearing one of my old, like, shirts or something. Oh, really? Because that's where we drop our stuff off. Okay. Yeah, when we're done. Because that's what I want to do is just head out to a thrift store and hope that it's hold Cliff, on. Let me Cliff Prangston shirt. <laughs> I'm just I'm just just gonna give you this one right now. Uh, okay, now you take off your shirt. Are you a Are you a sound artist too? <laughs> this is the sound of me taking off my shirt. <laughs> um, Rivers Restaurant. They also do sushi. They do sushi. It's good sushi too. I've heard it's like really good. Yeah, I'm. I definitely like to hunker down on the rolls. I uh, they're great. I uh, I save the sashimi, uh, and you're like straight up raw fish for closer to the ocean. Like I make that. It's a rule. I yeah, have. That's, it's just it's, it's just probably safer. It's logic. It's time and travel. Like the water is right there. So yeah. the further you get from the water, I don't want to eat the sashimi. Yeah. Um, but I will definitely get into some uh, some rolls. Yeah. So they make their bacon, eggs, and pancakes in the morning, and then shut down the kitchen and reopen as a sushi. Restaurant. Yeah, no, they just yeah they have the, they have a whole separate sushi menu, and it's good because it's a Korean uh, family that end up uh, buying the place. And I don't know if you knew this, but uh, sushi originated in Korea. Really? Not actually in Japan. Okay. And you can fact check that, and you may find me wrong. Fake news. But I don't care. <laughs> Because I had a Korean person tell me that, and when someone tells you something, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. And are they from Korea, or was their family from from Korea? No, they were a Korean family that hosted us, uh, okay. and and we made sushi together. And they explained to us that it was. I used to be a youth pastor, and our youth group did a like a progressive dinner thing. Yeah, and they had us in their home, and we made uh, sushi rolls. Wow. That's yeah. something you and I share in common. We uh, both are former youth pastors. Oh yeah. yeah. Where were you, a youth pastor? First half Christian Assembly. Oh, nice. And where were you? I was at the Abbotsford Vineyard. Really? Yeah. Well, there we go. Look at us. Is now that why you, us. That's why you have so many toys. You can't no. see this, but um, Mr. Hawkins here has a lot of toys. I do. I'm a bit of a collector. Yeah, it's awesome. I I used to, when I was a youth pastor, um, I had an office that was similar with a bunch of collectibles in it. And I got told while I was there that uh, this is unacceptable and unprofessional and that you need to grow up and mature. Mm -hmm. And so I did. I, uh, I followed uh, advice that I wish I'd never listened to, mm -hmm. shoved everything into storage and just kind of hid it away. Yeah. And then um, 10 or so years later, was like, you know what? 
this is ridiculous. Like, this is not me. Yeah. And uh, just started to pull all of it back out again. And Welcome uh, back, Matt. We missed you. Yeah. And so now I'm like a full-fledged like comic book reader and uh, it's toy awesome. collector. And I walked into your space here and I felt joy immediately. You got Star Wars collectibles. You got Lego sets, Buzz Lightyear, Batman. Um, you get this awesome, sweet arcade unit you've, uh, you've built, what, 3,000 games you say you have on yeah, this Yeah, something like that. Spy yep. Hunter, Rampage. Do you remember playing Spy Hunter in the arcade with the pedal? Like, it was a yes. stand-up and... Yes. Yeah. It was Road Blasters on this thing, too? I don't know. I should check. We're going to look for Road Blasters, for right. sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, sorry, I'm going to switch roles here. Uh, <laughs> okay, you're Matthew, hosting now. Matthew, um, so thank you uh, for coming here. But thanks for starting the show about Chilliwack. What is it that got you started doing this interview about what's going on in Chilliwack? Uh, I was already podcasting, doing some stuff for uh, for Fishing Guys. It was mm-hmm. a podcast series we were running and uh, was starting to bump into people in Chilliwack that I was truly interested in mm-hmm. and would talk like to, romantically or just curious about their just stories? curious about their stories oh, okay yeah there's only one romance that uh, has blossomed in my heart we'll talk about that later <laughs> all right sorry i appreciate that that means a lot to me that you would think that about me <laughs> thank you uh and uh just started talking to other people about these interesting people that i met and they had no idea that you know a photographer or videographer or craft brew or Whatever it was, yeah. um, they didn't even know they existed in Chilliwack. Totally. And so I just wanted to start telling their stories and get them out there. And I love it. Yeah. I think that's great. Well, and you yourself, you're like, you're a filmmaker and a podcaster and a toy collector. Yeah. A pretend YouTuber. A pretend YouTuber. Yeah. yeah. Which it's, it just gives me an excuse to drink more beer on, <laughs> in the middle of the week. <laughs> in the middle of the day. Yeah. At Corky's at 11. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, uh, no, I really appreciate you coming out and... I love it. And I love Chilliwack. And I think it's a good thing because a lot of people talk down about Chilliwack. There's nothing happening here. There's nothing going on. But um, like even there's a museum and archives place. We were just chatting there. We're going to do like a talk show. Nice. So about like, you know, involving, it's going to be called the Hysterical Society. Okay. Um, Not the Historical Society. You guys get get it? it? Total play on words there. Yeah. But we're going to do, we're going to do a a comedy talk show interview, you know, live interview of uh, like a local politician or something uh and then we're gonna incorporate you know the standard elements like your top tens your on the street video um we're gonna pull out an artifact and you know two truths and a lie or like you know try and figure out what the real story is behind this thing and uh it's gonna be a little bit of history but mostly funny so uh are you doing that with matthew francis with matthew francis that's uh i'm he's in my uh target to uh, get him on this. dude's a stud he's awesome yeah and he's got an impressive beard his beard is real (laughs) <laughs> and he loves to barbecue as well okay and he loves comedy and so uh he approached me just a couple weeks ago about this idea nice. of doing a, a live talk show as a comedy show at the at the museum so they've got this sweet space yeah that you can even rent and and uh you can put on a show there and it's gonna be great yeah so you gotta release where where can people find out more info about that once once it comes uh, out well you can follow me yeah. uh you know at cliff prang on all the social media sites is is how to track me down i've got a website cliffprang.com um, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be posting on Facebook or on Instagram, the details and posters and all that stuff. But I think, uh, we're aiming for the, was it the, th- uh, fourth Thursday in May? Is that the 23rd of May? Okay. I think when that's going to be happening. So I don't know when this podcast launched, but, but, uh, a couple weeks. It'll, oh, it'll perfect. Be, yeah. Oh, you got lots of time. That's a huge warning. You oh, have yeah. tons of time to mark your calendar. Yeah. May 23rd. That'll happen. Nice. Yeah. That's going to be exciting. Totally. So cliffprang.com. Yeah. 
Facebook, they can find Facebook. Yeah. And I'll be hosting at Laugh Lines uh, the first weekend of May. I'll be headlining uh, Laugh Lines, uh, co-featuring actually with my buddy Sunny Dollywall uh, the uh, first weekend of June at Laugh Lines. And so, yeah, so there's stand-up comedy, there's hosting, and uh, it'd be great to see people at a show. And any idea when this uh, this video where you fell into your plant, <laughs> when that's going to be coming out? I, I don't know. No. But I promise to share it when it does. Yeah. Did they yeah. get it on camera at least? I don't know. It might be in some B-roll or you can follow. That's Cassie or Filmco. They might post something of that. And they post some some great stuff. I just watched one that they did for UFV about okay. uh, the girl running. Yeah. No, that's a sweet it was video. so well done. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're they're very good. And they also did the uh, why, like why stay, why live in Chilliwack video. Uh, okay. Not Chilliwack, but Abbotsford. So yeah, it's a funny thing because I was in this video with them about you know living in Abbotsford and yeah. all the you know why you should stay in Abbotsford. But I did that as a person who lived in Chilliwack. <laughs> I'm an actor, guys. This is pretend. Yeah. yeah. I live in Chilliwack. It was Don't, a role you played. I I played a role. Yeah. Yeah. Fictitious role. Awesome. But Abbotsford's great. But uh, yeah, no Chilliwack's better. It is. Yeah. Especially Yarrow. Yarrow is pretty great. We'll see you around Yarrow. Well, yeah, at the uh, dancing pizza. The dancing pizza. All right. Yeah. <laughs> or in my backyard. We'd come and you do like a wiener roast in my backyard. Fire's legal, right? Uh, sure. Fire's illegal in Yarrow, guys. Yeah. Anything goes in Yarrow. It's a different type of community. What happens in Yarrow shouldn't be spoken about in other places. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how the saying goes. That, yeah, that's the, the sign when you drive through town, it says on Yarrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just Yarrow. <laughs> and that's about how long it takes to drive through Yarrow. Uh-huh. So there we go. Yeah. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. We'll finish our beer off of uh, Let's do it. Perfect. All right. Chug a lug. Cheers. See you.